Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Huge edition of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I'm James Vandermart. Welcome along to a, a big uh, 15 or 20 minutes ahead. We're going to have a chat with Ian Garland regarding his kennel and, and his love for greyhound racing. Also, we're going to touch base with Luke Gatehouse, the CEO of the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club. I spoke last week about our, our feelings for those who are doing it tough throughout the flood, so it'll be nice to, to catch up with Luke and and see how the recovery is going and, and what we can do to help here in, in Melbourne town. And as well as that, we're going to find some winners for the Premier Racing at the Meadows tomorrow night. If you are wanting to know more about Greyhound Racing here in this great state of Victoria, head to grv.org.au or jump on the socials and search for Greyhound Racing Victoria. They're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, and they're on Instagram as well. Also, search Watchdog Racing. They send off plenty of winning tips. So between that... And the green light on Premier Racing podcast, you're in for plenty of winners. And wasn't it a, a nice start at uh, Sandown on Thursday night? Aston Lavinia getting the job done at a huge double-figure price. So the punters tuning in, they were happy, that's for sure. Let's get stuck in now with last week's review from the Meadows, Saturday 5th of March. And this is the run of the week. And it was a greyhound by the name of Red Reactor, who I thought was a, a pretty impressive performance. Run of the week. to jump pretty well near the inside away fast she's frill joined by red reactor and the favorite's going to take the lead arian bar quickly up to second third as dusty burst him on the turn out of the straight followed by she's for real next to the outside then came very jiggling followed then by aston pride and drop line going down the back and red reactor the leader led by two second arian bar about five further back then came dusty burbsky a gap in the race and she's for real very jiggling followed then by aston pride and drop line in the straight and red reactor nicely clear it's trying to hang on red reactor it'll get home better half length Arian Bale second, five lengths away third, Darcy Burbsky. Two rising stars there going head-to-head in what was a, a bit of a mouth-watering clash, Red Reactor and Ariane Bale. And, and Ariane Bale was our run of the week last week. I thought her performance was big. And when she lobbed second, you knew Red Reactor had to run time to hold her out. Just uh, a really good battle between two serious young dogs. They they went 29.80 for Ariane Bale and 29.775 Red Reactor. Two greyhounds, black booked them both on the Watchdog app. They are going to be genuine superstars moving forward. And, and clearly, you can see the strength of Ariane Bale. She was making ground and, and the winners ran home almost 12 flat. So, in fact, 11.99 the winner ran home. So that is a, a monstrous performance from both Red Reactor and Ariane Bale. Inside Info. A man who's been absolutely flying as a trainer in the last couple of years, just nestled away near Bendigo in Victoria, is Ian Garland. He's been flying and he's been good enough to jump on the podcast today. How are you, Ian? You going well, mate? Yeah, good, thanks, James. Good. You must uh, you must be scratching your head thinking, well, I've had a, a pretty good uh, last couple of years. When, when you go back through probably the last 24 months, I, I guess you, you've just had such a good run. What do you put that down to? Oh, just a bit of luck and uh, having a you know better quality of dogs. 
that that makes life a bit easier. I like a man who's modest. I always say this: you, you need some luck, but you need more than just luck. And and for you, Ian, you, you've prepared a couple of greyhounds, and in particular, you've got Aston Kamuni uh, racing tomorrow. I hope I got the pronunciation right. But uh, you've got that greyhound racing at the Meadows. You've also got Aston Flame racing at Horsham in a in a rich race, which we'll touch on her first. She's been a bit of a revelation, this dog, because I know she came to you with with not huge expectations, and she's probably gone above and beyond that. Yeah, she was one that probably slipped through the cracks a bit. She's very timid and still is, um, but yeah, she's very very fast, and she she showed outstanding ability, more or less. You know, from once she started to chase properly in that, um, yeah, she. She was pretty fast, pretty well straight away. Chances tomorrow to take out the feature at Horsham with her? Yeah, I'm confident she'll run really well. She's drawn box eight. She wants to get to the rail, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm confident of a pretty good showing. Yeah, yeah, I am. Now you you own a, a hairdressing business in Bendigo, which I've been told is is the number one when it comes to hairdressing in Bendigo. You're now sort of building up that kennel. Is is the dream to go from hairdressing to full-time or are you still trying to, to, to sort of juggle both or do you want to go down the path of being a full-time greyhound trainer? What what does the future hold for, for Mr Ian Garland of, uh, of Bendigo? Yeah, I'd like to yeah do the dogs full-time. I'm only, um, you know, part-time now at work. I don't, I just fill in when they're busy and, yeah, just do a few hours on a Monday. That's the sort of every week thing and then, you know, I might... Do two or three hours, you know, a couple of times a week just to fill in the gap. So, yep. yeah, dogs could, is what I want to do. Yeah. Do you reckon you could make me look all right with uh, with your hairdressing uh, skills? Or <laughs> yeah, well, we've got a beautician there that we might be able to, you know, do a bit of makeup for you. Jo. <laughs> I was going to say, mate, they need a whole new face, whole new head, and then we're we're heading in the right direction. Hey, you, you're planning on on potentially going, you know, pushing towards full time. How, how many greyhounds have you've got in the kennel at the moment, and are you continuing to expand? And and what does the future hold numbers wise? Yeah, I've got ten. Um, and that's yeah, that that's full for me. So um, yeah, tossed around, build a few more kennels. Um, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not sure at this stage. But yeah, I, I probably will, I probably will build another um, small kennel block and have another six or eight in work eventually. Yeah, that's my plan. Sounding exciting, mate. What's the what's the best dog you've trained over the years? Is there one that springs to mind as a little bit of a star? Well, Billy Spate was probably. You know, he he was sort of like my first group winner, and yeah, he was a prolific, um, prolific, sorry, uh, city winner. So uh, yeah, he he's probably he's probably the standout. Would wouldn't be the fastest, but he was a winner, and uh, yeah, he was a very good dog. Nice kennel now. You've got a, a few of the Aston dogs in there: uh, Aston Jonas, Aston Kamuni, and Aston Rena, and and obviously Aston Flame. It must be nice to have the the confidence of someone like Ray Border backing you in as a trainer as well. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, Ray, Ray sends a few more away and, yeah, it's just, you know, yeah. No, he's a, he's a good supporter of us, so, yeah, no, it's good. What type of facilities do you think you need to uh, to, to get Greyhounds and, and get them up and going at the best of their ability? Um, yeah, I think a straight track's important. I haven't actually finished mine yet. I've a uh, bit of a sore point at home. had a little bit of... Bit of a hold up for Plummer that's mucked me around a little bit, and uh, he's promised me he's gonna gonna get here next week and finish it off. So if he does that, I uh, I should only be a couple of weeks and away what's, from. Uh, what's the go, mate, with the the wife as well? Because oh, look, my wife sort of you know she she rules the roost. Let's face it. 
Uh, is your wife Jane a bit like that? Just, I, yeah, I know Jane's that... the boss. I just do what I'm told. <laughs> it's the safest way to play, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. What's What's in your opinion the one thing greyhounds can't go without? What What is the one thing that, in your opinion, gets the greyhounds up and going? Oh, I think fitness. Like they've got to be fit, and um, yeah, they you know they've got to be you know worked consistently. So I think you know with Without that, you'll have problems with injuries and things. So, yeah, I think you've got to keep them up to the mark all the time. Your favourite race to win? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to win a Melbourne Cup. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's the top of everyone's list. That, what's your favourite track to race, Eddie? There's one, one track you love going to. What, what would that be? Oh, uh, um, I, I like, I don't know. I seem to have a bit of luck at Shepparton. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I sort of don't mind Shepparton. only an hour, hour away and... Yeah, I sort of like the layout there. So, yeah, that would probably be, you know, a, a track that I'll have a, have a bit of luck at. Well, mate, we've learnt plenty about you just before we let you go. This segment's called Inside Info. We want that with race five, number seven, tomorrow at the Meadows. Tough race, but she can really hit the lids, this greyhound, and, and come out charging. H- how do you see the race tomorrow night, race five, number seven? Yeah, I, yeah she, she wants the inside. So um, if she's to win, she's got a she's got a you know, really come out running. Um, but if she if she gets the start right, she'll she'll probably split five O's and probably you know, she might even break seventeen eighty to the back. Um but I wouldn't want Gracie Bale, you know, sitting on a hammer. I'd say she could get over the top of her if that Happen, but yeah, no, I'm re- reasonably confident she'll um, she'll run a big race tomorrow night. There's a couple of strong ones in there, but her herself, Aston Community, is that is that the way we pronounce Aston Community? Is that yep, what you go yep, with? Yeah, yeah. She yep. she really did burst onto the scene with those wins at Shep, your favourite track, didn't she? And and she yep, went a yep. she went a twenty five oh six, so she can really you know hit the gas and go. Yeah, yeah. Well, she she strained a hock at Sandown, and it just took a little while to get a back right again and um yeah she had a run at bendigo which was you know just a fitness run and then she had another run at shep but her last two runs at shep have been very good and last week um uh, divine um empress sort of galloped on her from behind at the first corner yeah and without that I, i i think like she wouldn't have won but she would have finished a lot closer so i think she's in pretty good form so i'm yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it must give you confidence. She's been beaten two lengths the week before behind Divine Empress and then only four lengths behind Idolise finding trouble in the matchmaker final last start. And to go within four lengths finding trouble of a dog who's just coming off a Group 1 win in the Futurity and a, a win in the Laurels, that, that must give you confidence going into a fifth grade at the Meadows. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Well, mate, we wish you well tomorrow night. We appreciate your time. I know you've got to scoot off to Bendigo and go trialling. Have you got a rocket trialling at Bendigo today? No, no, just the one that's been on season coming back from a oh. um, little bit of time off. So, no, yeah, I mean, sounds good, mate. And if there's one dog we should follow on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast from Mr. Ian Garland, who would it be? Oh, I'd be Kamuni, the one that's done tomorrow night. I think she's going ahead. Yep. Mate, there'd be hundreds and thousands of people getting the highlighter out and marking that greyhound now. So we appreciate that, Ian. Good luck, mate, tomorrow night. And we wish you well. Thanks a lot, James. Well, there he is, Ian Garland, terrific trainer, and he's having a very good run, and it looks set to continue. Fingers crossed, Aston Kamuni going around at the Meadows and also Aston Flame, who's just been an unbelievable greyhound for, for Ian. So much early speed. She'll be pretty hard to beat at Horsham. Let's get into the preview now for greyhound racing at the Meadows tomorrow night. 
Saturday's preview. Saturday night's preview of the Meadows. And don't forget, we're going to have a chat with Luke Gatehouse, CEO of the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club, on the back of this preview. Race one tomorrow night at the Meadows kicks off at uh, 6.34. The City Views Bistro now open. And I've been told it's a it's a place to go on a Saturday evening. Beautiful food, lovely views, and and racing right at your fingertips. It is fantastic. So race one, we're going to kick off with number three on top, Kalinda Lady. Uh, just a, a really fast greyhound drawn to get a good run, and I expect number two, Majestic Jewel, to run well because if you watch the replay of her Horsham run, by gee, she was making up some ground late in a 4.10, and it's a bit of a tough, hard 4.10 there at Horsham with that long straight, so the step up in distance shouldn't be a problem. She might be a smoky to fill a top four. Race two, we're going to Jigglypuff. Can be a bit hit or miss. Amron Lass has got some big question marks around her. She's had one start, one win, Brother to Amron, or sister to Amron boys, who'd expect her to perform well. Same combination as well. Brett and I with uh, Brooke Ennis with Amron Lass, so keep a close eye on her. Race number three will go Red Reactor on top. Hard not to after the way he's been going. He's in terrific form, and so is Daniel Pallas, a trainer. He's flying at the moment. Race four, I'm going to go one Rio Bodie on top. I just think the box draw wins him the race. He'll punch through and lead. Um, and if he's in front, he's going to take some catching. Race five, uh, Ian Garland gave us the word that Aston Kamuni's going well, and, and that's enough for me. We're going to go race five, number seven. I think she is racing well. She's showing that speed. She can go 17-7, 17-8 down the back. She's going to be near the lead, if not in front, and, and very, very hard to catch. She ha- probably does have to lead to win, but I think she can race five, number seven. Race six, I'm keen on four. Kalinda Patty, best bet of the night. Look, you, you only have to watch the last couple of runs, and she's been an absolute moral beaten. She's down in class with speed drawn underneath of her. Now the reason I like that, if one, two, three all begin quickly and Kalinda Patty can tuck in on the rail, get to fourth, cut the first corner, she might go down to the winning post second or third, only a couple off the lead and, and then from there with, with Hilltop Jack and Handsome Rhino who, who are good dogs, really good dogs but potentially not at the peak of their powers at the end of 600. I, I just think she'll be too strong. She's going to be a dream stayer I think Kalinda Patty and um, yeah, her and Zipping Kansas and maybe Zach's Anthony. It's exciting what the, the future might hold in the staying ranks. Race 7 going for Bex Minnelli. He's just uh, racing in really good form, this Greyhound. Uh, race 8, the return of Equalizer. Now, this is a superstar Greyhound. He, he's been standing at stud, I believe. He was out injured. He's had a an injury that was normally or, or potentially a career-ending injury, but they've persisted with him. They've given him plenty of time off, and the fact that Team Thompson have brought him back to the Meadows first up after a, a quick trial at Bendigo, uh, you would expect he'll be hard to beat race eight, number three. Race nine going number eight, Orchestrate was terrific to win at Sandown last time. I like him drawn out in box eight as well where he can accelerate. Race 10 going one, Earthworm Jim. Race 11, it's one Demon Flyer. And race 12, rounding out with number one, Weblek Wave. Now, at the start of last week's show, I spoke of the devastating floods in northern New South Wales and southern Queensland. And, and my role was to, to try and get somebody on, on from, from that part of the area where we can discuss what's happened in the last couple of weeks, the, uh, the terrible floods that have happened. And, and then obviously to try and assist with the recovery to some extent. And Luke Gatehouse, the CEO of the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club, has been good enough to uh, to jump on the line and have a chat to us. How are you, Luke? I'm good, James. We're a bit weary. It's been a very long two weeks 
in South East Queensland and particularly at Albion Park. I could only, you know, begin to imagine how how hard it has been for, for the people of southern Queensland, northern New South Wales. Can can you just sort of shed some light, I suppose, on, on just how bad it was this time around the floods? Yeah, look, the rain event was just out of this world and uh, exceeded a lot of the, the official forecasts of of how much and how long the rain was going to last. Uh, I think in, in south-east Queensland, around the Brisbane area, we got in excess of one metre of rain wow. over five days, or four or five days, and it was just incredible. It just kept coming and kept coming, and, uh, you know, we went to, to bed Saturday night with no great warnings, and then you know, Sunday morning, complete devastation. I had some staff head into to Albion Park over the after the deluge on, on Saturday evening, and the water had come up so quickly that they couldn't even access the site. It was, uh, you know, one of those lack of warning situations where mm. it, it was just unrelenting. So, yeah, we, we had no opportunity really to uh, put in place any of our flood, flood mitigation strategies mm. in terms of moving vehicles, equipment and everything like that. Everything went under. Yeah, definitely came as a shock. I actually saw some some vision of Michael McNally, who who does the uh, the photography, and just some some photos of the office area up there. Uh, what what would be the way you describe the the aftermath of the floods? Because it just leaves this thick mud type of stuff everywhere. It's just horrible, isn't it? Yeah, and I I, went, I lived through the two thousand eleven floods we had through Albion Park, and this time was so different and so more devastating. Mm. Last time it was. It was really a wall of water that, that passed through Brisbane after they opened the, the floodgates on our dam, Wyvernhoe Dam. So we, we had this flow of water come through, inundate the place and then disappear basically and we were able to, to access the site. I think it came through on the Friday and we were able to access the site on the Sunday. This time, because of the, the amount of rainfall, uh, it was in all the, the creeks and rivers and... Albion Park's pretty close to the Brisbane River and Breakfast Creek and so the water came up and it didn't subside. So it would go down a little bit on the low tide and then on the next high tide we'd be back in, well for me, chest deep water, so a metre and a half of water uh, through the whole lower part of the complex. So you can imagine that over the period from Saturday night through to probably Wednesday, that's how long it stayed in there. And then even when we were working there on the, the Thursday and, and into the Friday, the high tide would come and get the lower-lying areas as well. It's, it's, it sounds horrible, to be fair. And, and it must have been scary as well, just the, I guess, the, the speed in which the, the floods developed. Yeah, as I said, you know, Saturday night people went to bed with, with no great warning and then uh, probably about eight thirty nine o'clock that night the, the warnings came out and... And the low-lying areas around the the river started to come inundated, and obviously not as bad as as the Lismore area where people were being plucked off their roofs in the middle of the night when it hit there. Uh, but yeah, some scary times all around Brisbane. Yeah, and I did I did read a couple of articles um, on on one of the Greyhound websites in regards to a few trainers who are, are based around sort of the Lismore area, and 
a lot of them are now saying it's it's time for them to shift out and they just can't deal with this continuation of, of floods happening. I think it wasn't too long ago they had their last serious flood and, and then obviously this was, was even even worse and I think there have been a few trainers that have moved up, up north to Brisbane and, and obviously hoping that Albion Park will get up and racing soon and, and they can try and set up their training facilities there. Yeah, Johnny Dart and his wife Glenda, they, they've moved up here already. They've moved out to a property at Churchable. Um, which is sort of Greyhound Central up here. And, uh, yeah, Daddy said, no, nah, that's the last one we want to deal with. So, you know, they, they live in God's country where they come from in northern New South Wales. So it, it really takes something for, for them to move up here. And uh, they are the regulars at Albion Park. So we welcome with open arms. And Daddy supports Queensland in the footy. So <laughs> even better. He was, it was always going to happen that he was going to move north then, wasn't it? Yes, definitely. And, mate, the, the recovery, uh, obviously it would have began. I know, look, I've been speaking to you the last couple of days, mate, and, and you've been absolutely flat out. There, there must be so much work to be done. Staff and volunteers have, have done a great job in what's been really trying circumstances. You know, we had our, our cold rooms. We've got cold rooms and freezers downstairs, and they were floating around the car park for, for four or five days, and just the stench of the, the food that had gone off mm. Um, when they were emptying those into into skip bins, uh, it took some brave hands to to stick their noses into those cold rooms. And, and as you said earlier, the the mud and the silt high up on walls, and you know, just seeing how high it got, and the fact that it sat there it was all very repulsive. And you know, I congratulate my staff and the, the volunteers that have come off the street, uh, industry participants to come in and help with the clean up. Pretty much got the the cleanup done. Now our big issue is is power. We haven't had power at the site for, for nearly two weeks, so we don't know what sort of uh, electrical damage we've got to to equipment and also cabling and stuff like that. So still a long road to go. Is there, is there any estimated price? I know obviously it's hard if you, if you don't know exactly what's wrong, but is have you been able to sit down and work out what the cost of this flood would and potentially could be? No, it's too extensive. Like we, mm. we've got um, equipment off being assessed and repaired. We've had to order some new equipment that we know the, like the lure motors. We both our spare and our uh, our existing lure motor both went under, and uh, you know things like that. The replacement of the entire track, all of our rollers, uh, starting boxes yet to be assessed, the kennels. Uh, walls and surround, so you, I can't put a dollar figure on it. We've had um, experts in since Wednesday going through the, the infrastructure, so it's a big number and I don't want to put a number on it. Mm. Mate, we're, we, we really hope that it's, uh, you know, it's doable and we can, we can get back to seeing Albion Park you know, at home on a Thursday night racing where it, where it should be. And, and from afar, from, from here in Victoria, is there, is there anything, any GoFundMe or anything that, that the Victorian participants can do? Because as a, as a racing family, we love to look after each other, in particular when I speak of a, a racing family, but not only that, the whole community as well. And, and we just love to see you guys get through this and, and come out the other side bigger and stronger is there is there anything us victorians can do to help i think the biggest thing is to to reach out to your your friends in queensland because uh you know people have been devastated in terms of their properties we we can rebuild the the racetracks but the any of the the participants that have been caught in the floods in in southeast queensland or northern new south Wales, just 
reach out and check that they're okay. I, I know Michael Eberin, who uh, has all the Ebby dogs, he, he was helped out by Mick Phillips, who uh, mm. is a, a really good owner, and uh, had Dan Slippery, who uh, has just produced a litter of pups. And Mick, Mick went around to, to Michael's place and, and bought some generators and got him sort of up and running again. So that sort of support, just reaching out to people, seeing how they're going, uh, that's probably what we need at the moment. And then when we get back racing, uh, we'd love to see all our Victorian friends up here just to, to have a quiet beer with her. Really. Well, I reckon that's a plan, mate. I reckon we, we pencil that one in, uh, that, that when Albion Park does make a return, a few of us Victorians make the journey up and spend some money at the bar. And I think that's a given anyway. So uh, lock that in, Lukey. It, it'll be great to get up there, mate. And, and look, honestly, uh, we, we wish you well with the recovery. We know it's not going to be easy. A lot of, a lot of hard work ahead, but... Um, yeah, look, we wish you well, and, and hopefully racing at Albion Park isn't too far away from, from getting back to where it should be on that Thursday night. Thanks, James. Appreciate the chat, mate. A huge thanks to Luke Gatehouse, the CEO of the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club, for coming on the Green Light On Premier Racing podcast. And we, we really do wish him well with the recovery of, of not just the, the Brisbane Club, but also Capella Bar, Lismore, and, and all the communities in uh, southern Queensland and, and northern New South Wales as well. They're, they're going to go through a pretty tough time and uh, and we, we cross our fingers and, and hope the recovery can be as smooth and as fast as possible. Well, that's all we have for you on this edition of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back next week to take a look at Sandown Park for next Thursday night. Until then, as I like to say, safe travelling, happy punting, folks.